Welcome to the Manifestation Bay podcast. My name is Katherine Zinkina, and I'm a manifestation expert, master mindset coach, and multiple seven-figure entrepreneur. I'm obsessed with helping you achieve everything that you once thought was impossible. If you're looking to massively up-level your life, your finances, your relationships, your productivity and success, then you have come to the right place. My goal in this podcast is to help you see the infinite potential within yourself to be, do, and have anything that your heart desires. Think of this podcast as your weekly dose of mindset development to help you maximize who you are and where you're going. Leave it to me to provide you with the tools, the resources, the strategies, and teachings that you need to manifest a reality wilder than your wildest dreams. I know we're about to have so much fun together, so thank you so much for pushing play today, and now let's begin. If you've been wanting to master the art of manifesting money and cultivate a lighter, more enjoyable, more feminine, and dare I say, pleasurable approach to creating more money in your life, look no further because Sovereign Money is about to relaunch in just a couple of days. In fact, it opens up on Monday, May 20th, which is literally just around the corner. And this launch, I am doing something that I've never done before for everyone who gets on the wait list. I am giving you $100 off of your enrollment into Sovereign Money, and I'm opening the doors one day early with that $100 off special. This is only available to those who get on the wait list before Sunday the 19th, and it will expire once we launch to the public on May 20th. Don't wait. You can get on the wait list right now by going to manifestationbabe.com slash SM. That's S as in sovereign, M as in money. Again, that's manifestationbabe.com slash SM for that $100 off of your enrollment into sovereign money. Hello, my beautiful souls, and welcome back to the Manifestation Bay podcast. Today, I have a very special episode announcing a super exciting partnership that's literally been months and months and months in the making now with an organization called Black Girl Ventures. It's literally been in the works since I swear like end of July, beginning of August 2020. So clearly, I'm so excited to finally finally announced this partnership. And in today's episode, I'm actually interviewing the founder of Black Girl Ventures, Shelly Bell. If you don't know who Shelly Bell is or anything about her organization, Black Girl Ventures, let me fill you in before we dive into this interview because it is she is such a powerhouse. Oh my goodness. Shelly Bell is a system disruptor and business strategist. As a serial entrepreneur and computer scientist with a background in K-12 education and IP strategy, she helps Fortune 500 companies, entrepreneurs, and executives turn great ideas into disruptive strategies to increase revenue. And the organization that Shelly founded in 2016 is Black Girl Ventures, which hosts the largest pitch program for Black and Brown women-identifying entrepreneurs in the world. Think Shark Tank meets Kickstarter, where everyone in the audience gets to be a shark. I think that is so freaking awesome. And on March 25th, Manifestation Babe is partnering with Black Girl Ventures to host one of these pitch competitions open to anybody within our community who identifies 
as a black or brown entrepreneur to apply to pitch their tech-enabled revenue-generating businesses. And anybody in our audience, which I encourage you guys all to participate, to be able to directly donate to any of the women pitching their businesses. And the link to all of those details on the pitch competition will actually be in the show notes, which you can check out by swiping up on this episode if you're listening on iTunes or clicking see more if you're listening on Spotify. So if you know someone who would be a great fit for this pitch competition, make sure you share the link with them. This is seriously going to be a life-changing event and I am so freaking excited. So without further ado, here's Shelly. Hi, Shelly. Thank you so much for coming on to the Manifestation Bay podcast. How are you doing today? I'm awesome. Thank you for having me. How are you? I am doing great. I am super excited to not only announce Manifestation Babe's partnership with Black Girl Ventures today, but also I really want to introduce you and your incredible story with my audience. I have done a little bit of research on you and just it's so incredible what you've done. I mean, for someone who has, from my understanding, scaled like a hundred businesses, <laughs> coming from someone who's only scaled my own manifestation, babe, that's so freaking impressive. Can you share a little bit about you and your background and like what got you into the world of business in the first place? Yeah. Um, so I think it's interesting. I have lived many lives. Um, and so I've worked in workforce development, K through 12 education. I worked at the patent and trademark office for a stint. Um, I would say like what landed me in this, um, on this end of, of entrepreneurship or this entrepreneur story, because I've done many entrepreneur things. Yeah. Was I got laid off twice, like back to back almost. And I decided, you know what? I'm not going back to work for anyone, right? I am going to start a business. And it's funny because the last time that I was, that I was laid off, I, I went home and I called California Psychics. And I was like, what is happening to my life? Um, and the woman, she told me, like, when you find the thing you want to do, the money will come and you're not going to marry the guy you think you're going to marry, right? So I was Ooh. engaged at that point, right? And so it was my whole life flipped upside down. And I was like, okay, I'm going to start a business. Like, I'm never going back. And the first thing that I built was a teepee, a teepee in my living room that I planned to, live, to rent out. Um, everybody thought I was crazy. They're like, nobody's going to sleep in the living room in your TV. I'm like, yes, they will. I was in Home Depot, like getting, gathering wood. I didn't even know how to drill a hole. And, and the associates were like, what are you doing? I, I was telling people like, I'm going to build a TV, put it in my living room and rent it out. So kind of found out Airbnb has a TV option. No way. I didn't and, even know that. Uh, yes, they do. And so with that, um, I put it on my Airbnb and I got, it got a huge response. Like almost immediately, I let one woman come and stay. And I was like, you know what? I don't want people sleeping in my living room in a CP. This is not what I want. <laughs> like, forget whether or not somebody would do it. I actually don't want this. Um, and so I learned how to do t-shirts from a previous job. And I was like, you know what? I'm going to launch a t-shirt line. So my first line was an LGBT line. It sucked. Nobody bought it. And then I was on the phone with a printer and I said, you know what? It's made by a black woman. I should put that on a shirt. And so I literally went to the computer, 
designed the Made by a Black Woman logo to pattern after the Made in America logo. And people loved it. And so, you know, then it really took off and people were like, oh, I'm black. My baby's black. We made by a black woman. I was like, yeah, yeah, that's not what I meant, but run with it. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so, <laughs> um, but through that, I started, like my mom invested her, some of her retirement. And then I used my tax return to buy my own machines. Um, and through that experience, I started like developing relationships with different people. And I started doing business with like Google and Amazon. So I'm really passionate about supply diversity because I had gone through this experience, which really leveled up my business. And so I landed a partnership, I'm sorry, a, a contract doing some like community engagement work with, with um, Google. And so I said, okay, I'm going to give Black Girl Ventures 30 days. Because my print shot was taking off. I was rocking and rolling. I had changed my life, uh, you know, at least the first level of that at that point. And I'm like, okay, this thing is taking off. Like, black women are not getting access to capital. So first it was, okay, black women are not getting access to capital. Let's just do something about that. So I put some people together. You know, women pitched their business. I ran the whole thing like a poetry slam. It was like three <laughs> minutes you pitch. The audience actually gives their feedback and donates, you know. And then we voted with marbles and coffee mugs. Literally, it was just like, you like that person? Put your marble in their coffee mug. And, and that's how it worked. Uh, and so people liked it. So I said, oh, well, let's keep doing it. And so we kept doing it. And then naturally, I think just my business uh, acumen, I just started going out and getting partners for space and food and different things we need. And it really started steamrolling. So by the time I landed doing, at Google doing the community engagement work, I um, I said, I'm going to give Black Girl Ventures 30 days. If it takes off in 30 days, we'll keep it. And so that meant, though, for me, maybe like for one of the first times in my life, putting all of my energy into this one piece. And so I did. And it really started to just take off. We landed a partnership with Google Cloud for Startups which is a different arm of who I was working for. And we started traveling the country, doing the event in Google offices, um, Atlanta, Chicago, uh, New York, Baltimore, Detroit. And we were based in D.C., so D.C., you know, and it became, it was just phenomenal to watch. This was just civic engagement. So the way it works is like women pitch their businesses, but the audience actually donates to the fund, to the founder that they like. So they vote with their dollars. And, you know, little did I know that I had come up with this major vehicle for getting access to capital directly to founders and and kind of circumventing a lot of the like slower moving systems that uh, where you have to apply and wait and figure it out. And, you know, or you have to figure out like when trying to get money from the government, you got to figure out how to even get into the procurement system, right? (laughs) which is a whole nother thing. So, um, you know, I figured this thing out, but to me, it was just like, oh, this is great. You know, people love it. And then really rolling it into a real true business model um, and building out into Black Girl Ventures now. So now we have funded directly 130 women. We have Everest across 12 cities. We are the largest entrepreneur support organization for Black and Brown women on the East Coast. Yeah. That's, that's <laughs> yeah, we just landed, uh, yeah, we just landed a partnership with Nike. Uh, we work with now some of the largest brands in the world. So Nike, Visa. Uh, we're working with a few um, 
like Kim Crawford Wands. Um, you like working with Manifestation Babe. So like we're excited <laughs> about where we're going. Yeah, Afro Sheen, which is a big one. Um, Ulta Beauty, we had an opportunity to work with them. So yeah, wow. this is this is exciting. It is so exciting. You know, two things, actually three things stand out to me. I love that you went to a psychic because I had a very similar experience with a psychic when I started my business. And that's just so funny to me. And number two is you're like the queen of trial and error. Like you seem to be the queen of just throwing shit at the wall and seeing what sticks. And I know that most people give up after like the first thing doesn't work out or the second thing doesn't work out. And like, I don't know too many people that get to like that third or even fourth or God forbid fifth thing that maybe didn't quite turn out the way that they wanted and they don't ever get themselves to maybe the 10th thing that is the thing that takes off. You know, I'm just curious, what is the thing that kept you going, you know, until like through this whole journey until you've reached um, what seems to be like one of your callings, which is Black Girl Ventures? Yeah. Um, Imagination. Kept me going. Mm. <laughs> Can you <laughs> to be honest with you? Uh, just like always being like, for, well, let me say this. After I made the TP work, you couldn't tell me anything. I'm like, oh, I know, seriously. I, though. Could, <laughs> I could make anything work. If people, if I can get people to sleep in my living room in a TP, then I am a, like magical, right? At that point, and so, <laughs> so I think. You know, one of the keys to that is finding the thing that you do make work really, really well and then imagine that everything you do can be that, right? Because at that point, it was so such a random idea that it could have been anything and it, it can be anything, right? Like, it, it's like this invincible kind of unstoppable feeling, especially when everybody thinks you're crazy. Like, what, girl? Just go get a job. <laughs> Just go get a job, you know? Um, and you're like, no, like I, I will not, because if they can just lay me off because they disagree or don't like, or something like, I'm not doing that, you know? Yeah. Um, and you don't get to tell me how much I'm worth. You don't get to look at what I've been doing for the last two years and be like, oh, you know what? That's worth, what does that even come from? So, so let's say I'm like, Hey, you know what, Catherine, over the last year, I noticed that you've been like sleeping a lot and you like work out sometime, you know, so now that you want to be a personal trainer, we think that's going to be worth $20,000. What? <laughs> and you like, I've been personal trainer since I was five. It, <laughs> okay. You know, like, so I think that idea is always like felt abnormal to me and I've never been a great employee. Mm-hmm. Like me I'm neither. the one that like, I can't just, I can't just get in there and do, do my quote unquote job. I'm wanting to change things, mix it up. Let's throw some paint on the wall. And they're like, yeah, no, we just kind of like the white. And I'm like, what? Have you always been this way? <laughs> like what? Because you have such a uh, a great mentality, like a great mindset. You know, everything that I teach on my platforms and my podcast is helping women develop mindsets that support their biggest, wildest dreams. And you have an incredible mindset where you're like, you can't tell me what I'm worth. Like, you can't tell me that that's not going to work. Like I can make anything possible. You know, as long as I have a vision and, and imagination for it, like I can literally create anything. Where does that come from uh, for you? Did that, were you like born with that? Is that, does that come from like your parents? Is that how they raised you? Or did you have like life experiences that built that for you? Yeah, that's such a great question. Nobody's ever asked me that before. I think it comes from because I don't I do not know the source. All right, let me say <laughs> I just I just was born a little crazy. But I would say um where I think it comes from, there's a couple places. 
one, and I don't even know if I've ever acknowledged this in this way. One, I think that, so growing up, I had a lot of like things, you know, I mean, up until my brother was born, I had my own toy room, but you know, uh, just a lot of colors. I had a lot of you know, colorful things. I had baby dolls and books and my mom read to me every night. Um, and I think through her reading to me, that really had a lot to do with why my imagination is the way it is in stories. Um, I remember this uh, one book, it was a Hello Kitty book and her, she loses her kite and this, uh, random animal that I, no one could probably identify, kind of like a mix between like a bear and a, and something else. It wasn't, I don't know. Um, it came to rescue her in a hot air balloon. And I always, from that point, loved hot air balloons. I have a hot air balloon tattooed on mine. <laughs> and and then when I grew up, I found the book because I kept a lot of my books. And this hot air balloon was the most plain. It, it really looked like a whoopee cushion. <laughs> it was not. It was not. But in my mind, it looked like the one that I ended up getting tattooed on my arm, which was like colorful, multicolored, big. And it was so nice, right? And in that moment, I, when I looked at the book, I went, I've been, I, how I interpreted it was like, okay, well, she lost her kite. Clearly somebody's got to help her. <laughs> so, you know, here is this, you know, animal in this side air balloon. But in my mind, it was more colorful than it looked. So when I say imagination, I think that like this idea that my vision of what I see is more colorful than it looks is something that came from childhood. And my mom, I've always been really in independent um even like re- from a really really young age my mom talks about you know me doing certain things and like but I always was like it was never like it wasn't like oh it's a protege you know like in my you know in my mind you know it was just like oh like my mom I just I was like two or three and I like pushed the chair and like got up and made me some toast and I was like sitting on the couch and so she comes in the living room she's like what <laughs> like what did you do? <laughs> and I'm like, I was hungry. You know, like it wasn't, you know, it was just so interesting. I, I Just my imagination would go so far. And I think a lot of it started with stories. And so I used to write poetry and, um, it, well, I still write poetry, but I've been writing it since I was about eight. And I started writing poetry because I couldn't finish my stories because it was just going on and on and on and on. It might as well have been like seasons of a sitcom. It was just like, yeah, and then, and then, and then. And there's always an end then, you know, and yes. I think that's how I think about it now, right? Yeah. I think that's such a great metaphor to you because it seemed like in your journey of entrepreneurship, there's always an end then, like there's always like another thing and another. So now I see how you've been able to scale hundred businesses. That makes complete sense. And like Black Girl Ventures is like this extension of you being able to create end thens for so many more people so that this whole, like, like this whole entrepreneurship thing can just like you know, grow, I guess, like wings and and fingertips that just extend everywhere and like create constant and thens. So I freaking love that. Um, Going to Black Girl Ventures. You said that so well. (laughs) I'm going to use that. (laughs) (laughs) Can you share um, more about like the pitch competition? Because that, let me tell you, when I learned about your organization and I learned about this like shark tank type pitch competition, that got me so excited because I've been watching Shark Tank for a really long time. And it's so funny because everyone is kind of on 
either side of Shark Tank. Like people are either imagining themselves going onto Shark Tank or like a Shark Tank type experience and pitching their businesses and getting a shark to say yes to them. And then like their whole life and their whole business changing and, or someone on the investment side, like being able to help these businesses. And I have always imagined myself on the investment side. Um, and so every time, like, cause I know that I'm not creative enough to create so many like crazy ideas to disrupt industries the way that these entrepreneurs can. But I know that I'm someone who's really good at manifesting money. And I know that money is a tool that we can use for good and we can choose to vote with our dollars. And I've always seen myself as being an investor in ideas that are going to change the world for the better. And so when I heard about Black Girl Ventures, I was like, oh my God, my shark tank dream is about to get freaking fulfilled. Like, this is incredible. And the fact that you open up this pitch competition for any black or brown identifying woman identifying entrepreneur to come pitch and anyone in the audience to be able to be a shark. So it's not just like five sharks, but it's like everyone can be a shark. I think that is so freaking cool. Can you just describe more about like how the process works and get us super excited for what's to come? Yeah, totally. So um, with the, the way it works is you, you have to be at least a year in business, revenue generating and under a million dollars in revenue. Um, we view it as catalytic capital is non-dilutive. So it's, it's, uh, for the audience, it's actually a charitable donation. Um, and then we grant out to the founders. One of the things that I realized about the Shark Tank experience, which everybody was doing, you know, I think art imitates life, life imitates art. So I think that it was, people were already doing pitch competitions, then Shark Tank happened. And then more people started doing pitch competitions. Mm -hmm. And they started doing it exactly like Shark Tank. Yeah. And I'm like, well, okay, so let me let me get this right. If 1% of the country holds the most wealth in the country, right? Then why would why would I create another shark tank for black women when that also is the exact same thing? So like the smallest set of people in the room are making a decision here. So typically like when you go to pitch competitions, there's an audience mm-hmm. and then there's your three or four judges. And the judges are making the decision. Well, to me, that mirrors the problem, right? Mm-hmm. Like the problem is we're giving a, a small set of people some decision-making power over people. Or these people are viewed as the experts. Therefore, they make all the decisions. Now, don't get me wrong. You know, I think pitch competition should exist. And I'm not dinging anyone out there who does them in that way. I think it's a yes and, right? Like mm-hmm. everything needs to be in existence in order for us to push forward. But the way I looked at it, so at first when we started, the audience would actually give the feedback. Like the audience would actually talk. They would raise their hands and then they would ask the questions directly. Well, what I learned from that is that was such a, that was such great consumer feedback that like, it was like, wow. Oh, wow. Like I, I get to know, not just off of a survey, but just based off of me pitching, I get to know what people might think or be questioning about my product or service. Therefore I can go back as a founder and now like, you know, revamp that. So it was, it was just like, wow. But then we got too big. So we went from like, you know, audiences of 30, 40, you know, 80, and then it was like 250 people. So I couldn't yeah. <laughs> open, open it up to everyone. <laughs> so I had to have judges, but we are really clear with the judges when we, um, with them to say, listen, there's a Harvard board review article that says that women are asked prevention questions and men are asked promotion questions. And so those questions are the difference between like, well, how will you get these downloads 
versus what's your plan to acquire X people, right? Like that is you already assuming that the man has a plan. Mm. Um, and then assuming that, and then assuming that the woman still has to figure it out. Mm. And so we made sure that we let our, we kind of, you know, let them know, hey, you're here to push the broader community's thought forward on what questions they may have, not here to be like some definitive judge on what can or cannot be, right? So the, the, the people who are pitching, they get audience consumer feedback, those votes. So we're always the largest influencer in the room, like us and our partner. So even if they go out and get like their friends and family to give, which everybody does, which they should, because it's, it's also an exercise in fundraising for them. Mm-hmm. I remember when we piloted, um, we did it with a certain set of founders that were in the larger competition. I'm like, hey, I'll give you all this code. It's a link, you know, go raise more and see what happens. And they did. And, and, and when they came back, it was a lot of their friends and family. And I said, well, why do you think they gave to us versus just you going and saying, hey, can you give me, you know, X amount? Yeah. And it was because they felt like they were a part of something bigger. Mm. And I was like, ah, uh, okay. You know, click, click, click. You know, now I'm like, I got it, right? <laughs> so with this pitch competition, not only are they getting access to capital, meaning like cash capital, but they are getting access to social capital. They're getting access to consumer feedback. And they're getting access to training themselves on being able to fundraise alongside someone else, which alleviates a little bit of the pressure. Um, like traditional crowdfunding through like, you know, Kickstarter, GoFundMe comes with an opportunity cost. You have to have a network already. You have to be able to uh, go out and share, build a video, tell a story well. And so some people may not make it to their goal. So my thought was, oh, like, well, we can work together collaboratively against history, in my opinion, um, to help you actually raise some capital. Because historically, these founders may or may not have access to generational wealth because just of historical context around, you know, rights, jobs, you know, all these kinds of things. Yeah. I think it's so incredible what you're doing, creating so much opportunity for people who may have not had opportunity before in the past. And it's just so inspiring. Like this is just such a beautiful example of like money is a tool and we get, we get to use it to impact the world. You know, money's not good or bad. It's completely neutral. And it's the people behind the money who are able to make these decisions and it's voting power. Um, I love your style of competition, like the, the, everything that you just described and the differences between, you know, traditional pitch competitions or like Shark Tank style and how you want everybody involved. It makes it so much more inclusive. And that's incredible. What is your um, like ultimate vision for Black Girl Ventures? Like, where do you see it in like five to ten years? If you even have that vision right now? Yeah, I do. <laughs> so um, we are going to. What I really want to see is that we facilitate more capital to more founders. I think that I'm looking at like what can I do with what I created. So we're working and being creative with working with people. So. We're working with an um, ice cream brand right now called Cool House, where uh, we are developing our own ice cream flavor that will then, in turn, every time somebody buys this ice cream flavor, it will create a grant for a black or brown women entrepreneur to uh, get access to marketing, design, and IP, right? Um, th- that's the creative way to partner. Is, is is not just like, hey, we're raising capital. Can you give us yeah. whatever so we can do our efforts? It's like, we're going to create this very specific thing based off of what we know is a need in the market, right? Yeah. Um, and then I want to, we are moving our chapter, 
what was what was our chapter program into being a fellowship. And it'll be a nine-month fellowship where we will provide wraparound services and education along with a $10,000 stipend. Um, because I want to move from, not move from, but I want to include in our efforts, not only people being business owners, but being business leaders. Mm. And how hyper-locally women's voices are amplified as business leaders. Mm. Because the next time I ask a kid who is an entrepreneur, I do not want to hear that it's Mark Zuckerberg. Right? Like, that is not the pillar of entrepreneurship. There's mm-hmm. women all around them, you know, launching these companies, running these companies, um, running them in the background with a, with, a, with a man as the leader. Like, and I want other little girls to see themselves in it. So we're going to be expanding to more cities, uh, focusing on supplier diversity, focusing on a fellowship program, and then maybe even looking at, um, not maybe, we are, looking at global, (laughs) global expansion. That's so cool. Um, I'm going to put you on the spot and it might be a little bit of a hard question, but if you were to pick one or maybe a few, if that's really hard, of your favorite Black Girl Venture success stories, which would it be? Do you have like an example that is like something that blew your own mind, like something that someone achieved because of the access to capital and the access to social capital and all the incredible benefits that you guys offer? Is there like something that someone took from like, you know, X point to Y point and it just blew you away? Yeah. So one of our founders, um, she received an anonymous donation for $100,000 at the DC pitch competition. Kendra Woolridge, the founder of Janet and Joe. And um, we we videotaped us telling her, and she thought I was just, you know, doing a video of her, like video feedback and what she thinks about things. And then I told her, like, oh, we got a donation for $100,000. And she, like, broke down and she talked about how, like, you know, she, her mom had passed away. Like, she just wanted her mom to see her launch the company. And her mm-hmm. mom passed away, like, two weeks after she launched. And, you know, she's like, so to have someone who is not your family, she's like, well, your friends and family is like, you expect them to kind of support because they're your friends and family. But to have an organization that supports you, that does not know you, is not, you know, just based off of, you know, some levels of relationship, but that they are willing to grow that relationship, give you direct feedback, um, you know, with the pitch. What she realized is when she did the pitch practice, because we do pitch practice. So there's an application process. We vet them out. We and review them. We have um, we have reviewers. We bring them in. They do pitch practice twice, two pitch practices before the event, and then they tape, and then the event goes live. So and then they have judges that give feedback, like I said earlier. Um, one of the feedback, is she, one of the things she got as feedback was um, that she wasn't asking for enough money, and wow. she asked for 50k. She walked away with 70k in her pocket, plus whatever she raised, because that was on top of whatever she had raised. And so she was able to fulfill a very large PO um, that she had on the table and didn't know, wasn't sure exactly how she was going to fulfill it. We were able to get her um, some conversations around her finances and how she's like managing the, um, how she's managing the pieces of the the company. Uh, We're actually able to connect her to some information around like what makes the most sense for how she's managing her product and inventory. So yeah, it's been, it, it was amazing. So she's one of our, like, we want to create more Kendra moments. Like Yay. that is our, you know, <laughs> it's like, we want that to happen. What is the company name again that she founded? 
Janet and Joe, and it Janet. is a non-toxic nail care. Ooh, I'm going to check that out. Yeah, non-toxic Janet. nail polish. All right, you guys Janet listening. Janet and Joe. You guys listening, check that out, okay? Because I am looking for non-toxic nail care. So that is, I think I just manifested that, Shelly. So thank you. <laughs> Look at that, okay? I'm all about, I was so excited to work with you because I am all about manifesting things. I am a master manifester. Yes. <laughs> okay, well, like. Speaking yes. of that, what is the coolest thing you've ever manifested? Like what's a cool manifestation story you can share? Ooh. If you had to pick my, one, my, I'm my sure of thousands. <laughs> my first surprising one was probably my first teaching job. Mm. So at the end of college, like as college is coming to a close, I am, um, you know, about to get my computer science degree, but just, I was, I was in love with this guy. And so we're like, he's like moving to his home city, which was Charlotte, North Carolina. And I'm like, okay, so... But I'm I'm a computer scientist, right? So I'm thinking, like, what does that look like? And I I thought to myself, well, I'll just be a teacher. Now I'll just teach for like a year, and then I'll find a corporate job, and I'll go and I'll, I'll be a software engineer. Um, I had no idea, like, where the teaching job was going to come from, how I was going to become a teacher. But when people ask me, well, what are you going to do? Let's go. Like, oh, I'm be a teacher. And they're like, oh yeah, I'm like yeah, I'm, I'm gonna be a teacher. No, like I said, no clue. No contacts, no nothing. I don't even know if I put in the, <laughs> put in my application at that point. So I go, finally do put it in my application, and they're on a hiring freeze. So, but when people kept asking me, what you going to do at the college? I kept saying, I'm going to be a teacher. Yep, I'm, I'm going to go, and I'm going to teach, and I'm going to do that for a little while. I'm going to do something else. You know, I was just telling my story. It hadn't happened yet. I have no clue how it was going to happen. So I started bugging this lady in the HR office, and I was calling her, I'm like, Hey, so I would be like, I'm checking in, you know, to the point where like she would know me by name. She would know that it's me calling. She'd be like, Shelly, we still on the hiring freeze, right? So I'm like, one day she calls me down. She says, okay, we got, you can go and interview uh, with this with this middle school principal, right? So I go, I interview with him. I knock it out of the box. And I said, um, you know, what would you want me to know? Like if you were going to hire me, he said, know your students and have fun. Hmm. And I always kept that. Even like any community I work in, anybody that I'm working with, it's like know the know what you're doing with that particular thing, you know, community, uh, job, uh, business, whatever, and have fun. And I said, you know what? I'm I'm coming. Well, I'm going to work here. This is, this is where I'm going to work. And so I was calling the lady. Finally, maybe like, a couple weeks before graduation, they lifted the hiring freeze. And she was like, you got a job. Oh, my God. And I had to find somewhere to live. <laughs> I had to find somewhere <laughs> to live and everything. Because, you know, I, I really didn't have the job. You know, quote, unquote, I had it. But I was steadily, like, words are spells, right? So, like, yes. the more that you speak out into existence, like, what you want. And the more that you draw boundaries around what you are not going to be called anymore, right? Like, um, I was having a disagreement with a friend and he said, well, if you would stop being challenging, I said, oh, no, 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 no. I am not challenging. It's not what this is. Your interpretation of how you feel about what I'm saying to you, because I'm not agreeing, feels challenging to you. What I would not own and what mm. I return to sender, return to sender, <laughs> return to sender. I am not a challenged person, right? Um, and, and you have to be active about it sometimes. 
to like really hold up a mirror to people to bounce that stuff off of you else you start owning it in your own words and manifestations like oh you know sometimes I'm challenging but I'm just no 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 oh you know sometimes I you know don't always remember sometimes I'm blah blah no not sometimes you are you're saying you are and now you are you are putting a spell on yourself and manifesting more and more that you are sometimes that thing and you could no you're not you're not that thing somebody told you you were that thing right so I'm really big on like words and you know, making sure that I'm saying the things that push energy forward. So yeah. yeah, I love it. Yeah. I absolutely love your certainty too. Like the certainty that you have, like this teepee is going to work or this teacher job is going to work. This pitch competition, it's going to work. I mean, everything you come from a place of like, this is going to work. And like, that's not to say that you don't ever, you know, come across challenges or obstacles or anything like that. You will learn things, you know, throughout your journey. There are trial and errors that you've experienced, but like overall, overall, you've overcome all of those obstacles and challenges because you have so much certainty that what you want is going to work. And that's exactly what you get. And you're such a prime example of that. And it's amazing. 100%. Yeah, it's, I wish that when people ask me, like, how do you do it? And like, I wish I could give you a how. I, you know, I wish I wish I could be like, you know what? I have a button under my arm <laughs> and I just press it, you know, like, but it's not, it's, it's not that. And it takes maintenance. Yes. Maintaining your cert, you have to ma- maintaining your energy and your certainty. It takes maintenance. And I get coaches. I, I believe that a lot of people ask for mentors when they really need coaches. Mm. It's, it's mentor is the regular thing that people tell us. You need a role model. You need a mentor. It tells us that from kids. I mean, from being kids and we, we keep that. We're like, oh, I need a mentor. It's a free relationship. You know, you think you're going to find the right person to just mentor you. And I'm like, that's great. Maybe you will, but you need mm. coaching. Mm-hmm. There is not a successful person on the planet that has not had a coach. Yes. As someone who's had many coaches, I completely agree with that. It, you need someone to point out your blind spots and a mentor is not someone, typically someone who is asking, you know, you the right questions and getting inside your head and figuring out what your uh, mental obstacles are or what your energetic obstacles are. And so someone who can really come to understand the way that you think and the spells that you might be putting out into the universe, you know, with the words and the labels that you might be accepting that aren't you, but you think are you because that's what you've been called your whole life. It's, it just makes such a big difference. And I'm also very, very much pro coach. And I think I'm also pro mentor, pro coach, you know, pro anybody. Like I love, one of the things I also love about what you do is the community aspect. Cause I know that entrepreneurship is very isolating, especially in the world of COVID. My God, it's become even more isolating. So to be able to have this connection and community and be able to have coaches and mentors and, and people to support you, I think is so, so crucial. So I absolutely love everything that you're doing. And Shelly, I just wanted to thank you so much for coming onto the Manifestation Wave podcast. And I am very, very, excited and grateful. And my entire team is very excited and grateful to be a part of your mission to empower as many black and brown entrepreneurs to fulfill their wildest dreams and literally take over the world through entrepreneurship. So thank you so much for being here. Thank you so much for your mission. It's just so much appreciation for you. Thank you for having me. And thank you for your partnership. We're equally excited. So 
Let's Yay. go change the world together. Yes. And to any of you guys listening, if you want to be part of the pitch competition happening on March 25th, I'm going to drop all of the details in the show notes. So you can check those out by swiping up if you're on iTunes or I believe it's like the see more button on Spotify if you're listening on Spotify. And then go ahead and tag both at Manifestation Babe and at Black Girl Ventures. Shelly, do you have a personal Instagram that you use? as well. I do at I am Shelly Bell. I am Shelly Bell. If you can tag all three of those, letting us know that you listened to this episode and share any incredible takeaways that you took away from this uh, podcast episode, as well as share the link to the pitch competition to anyone that you think would be a great fit to apply. And if you want to be part of the audience as well, that's all going to go down on March 25th. All right, you guys, I'm going to catch you in the next episode. Have an amazing day. Bye. Thank you so much for tuning into today's episode. If you absolutely loved what you heard today, be sure to share it with me by leaving a review on iTunes so that I can keep the good stuff coming your way. If you aren't already following me on social media, come soak up the extra inspiration on Instagram by following at Manifestation Babe or visiting my website at manifestationbabe.com. I love and adore you so much and can't wait to connect with you in the next episode. In the meantime, go out there and manifest some magic.